0: Let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions
1: and we're back in your ears once again. The beer is in the glass and we're in the end game now, aren't we, Martin? We are indeed. We are indeed. But as is is our way of doing it, with beer. (laughs) <laughs> of always with, with, with beer mate this is the final
0: us show, it's just you and I tonight three beers and a lot of fun
1: with the rantometer yes I'm looking forward to that but we do have the first beer in the glass, it is from a brewery we've featured before It's also from a brewery who had no idea they were going to be featured until we told them. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise! Phil, from Simple Things Fermentation, very kindly sent us some beers. We had a little chat, Steve, and said, well, if Phil doesn't mind, let's feature those on the last show, especially as it's got an old favourite in the box, which we've decided to feature as well. So we let Phil know, and he went, oh, a bit of unexpected pressure on me then for that. And also, I think this is the first time we've had their beers out of cans.
0: Certainly where we've featured them on the show. Yeah, I know Phil's been very generous before in terms of sharing his beers. And we, we we have been able to try a number of the simple things, beers. So, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the three that we've got chosen tonight. The first one is sat next to me and I'm getting <laughs> just wafts of aromas coming off it. So can we get into
1: it, please? I think on a warm day, why not? <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. So what, what what is this first one that we're drinking? So... This is called big ideas it's a described as a german ale and it comes in at five percent and so phil very kindly gave us some uh, tasting notes and essentially a light and supremely drinkable ale lager hybrid brewed with german pilsner malt and Tetnang hops fermented at elevated temperatures with a yeast strain originating from the cologne region to encourage fruity ester development so before i get into a bit more about what he he says we get from it what what are you getting based on what you've had and what he said i get uh on the nose there's a
0: there's a there's breadiness there's there's a there's some floral notes and there's a little bit of sweetness and and that sweetness carries through the beer but it's not overly sweet it's a very balanced sweetness the body on it is very light the carbonation on it is Excellent. The, the condition of this beer is absolutely stunning. It's it, it's
1: fizzingly refreshing, but it's not overly bubbly. If that makes sense, uh, I know. Uh, well, obviously, I can see it in the glass, and I've got a very similar opinion. It's it's got just a little bit, as you know, bouncing along the tongue, and when it goes down, it's adding a little bit of cutting to the refreshment quality, but it's not gassy. Not at all. No. So it feels like a very natural carbonation going on here, rather than any sort of false carbonation. Um, We've obviously been very careful to class it on the can as a Kolsch-style ale, because I don't think you can call it Kolsch outside, if I remember correctly, outside of Cologne. It's one of those designated ones. Um, I'm actually going to say, because I, obviously, I've I've had a few Kolsch's in my time, having visited my brother in Cologne, and... They're a lot. They're a lot lighter in colour, often for me as well. Usually, they are a bit fizier. See, mine feels a bit more, almost a bit more orangey in the glass when I when I look at it. But and it's a lot. It all of its all of its notes come really quickly, and then you finish and you just go again. And they all, and they serve in the two hundred millilitre pours. This does have that really nice little lager ale thing going on but he sort of described there i think it works really well because that lovely soft carbonation it's it's a warm evening tonight and this is this is definitely endangered that evaporation in the glass i reckon yeah
0: i I, I get what you're saying and and like you say i think in in terms of the style if if that's what the style was designed to do which is essentially i assume to be a session beer that, that you would drink over many hours I think all of the characteristics of this beer give it that ability to be very, very sessionable because of that softness. It's not, like I say, it's not overly gassy. The sweetness is is there, but it's balanced. You would just go back for pint after pint of this without even really thinking about what you're doing and just enjoying yourself and the environment and the, the, the people that you were with, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, completely. And I think that's uh, how it's been, you know, designed to be i mean if I look at again at the further notes it's designed to be a little bit muted notes of starburst sweet white wine rhubarb the the yeast the esters so like a lot of the drinks we've had from Phil in the past there's a lot of complexity here which almost brings it to a quite simple outcome as well and i'm really loving it for uh, it's a 440 can but really really tasty really enjoying that and, and as you say, it's
0: in danger of evaporating, so should, we should probably move on rapidly and catch up with what our listeners have been saying about the show. Let us know, write it down. Let us know, write it down. Let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness. Write it down.
1: Jumped ahead to have a listen tonight. I'm always a few behind. Just want to say thanks to you both for the entertainment over the years. It's been a pleasure to meet you guys a few times too. Despite not engaging too much recently, I always listen, eventually. Cheers. And that's from Simon at Barley Wine Is Life. Following that up, Johnny Beer Boy, really enjoyed the show. Russ is a great guest, especially as a fellow fan of the show. I look forward to visiting the brew pub before long, and especially with the potential of cast being served, as the Lord intended. Also, mixed 12-pack ordered from Leon C Brewery too. From Ronnie Bean, enjoyed the show. The California Tourist Board must be very pleased with your guest this week. One of those shows where I want to open a beer after listening at 8.41am on a workday morning. (laughs) From Richard Taylor
0: at Taylor 1608 Great show. Russ is a joy to listen to. Really wish we could get some of that tasty sounding cask beer down in Essex. Maybe one day. Still can't believe all this is nearly over. I still can't find the words to express how much you guys mean to my beer journey. From Hugh at h Yardley 33. Excellent show and love listening. With great envy to the American journey. I completely agree with the quality of this beer below that is sitting in my bed fridge. And that's powder day. And I'm just quite impressed that Hugh's got a bed fridge. I um, love the idea of having a bed Who wants yeah, a bed fridge now? I want a bed fridge. Abs- absolutely. Get rid of the bedside cabinet. Get <laughs> me a fridge there in, in, instead that I can reach for. And then from James at Gammon Barron bittersweet listening to this show started getting emotional at times for what we are going to miss agree with russ about amity not being a dipper brewery once you've had sachet though there is no need to brew anything else looking
1: forward to smashing some leon c Paul, at you and rcd love the podcast love listening to ross and the lingering bitterness must make you two feel so proud just the two to go mike mcguire great show Hearing Russ read out those tributes was a delight. Also enjoyed his beery adventure commentary that had Steve a bit upset. Loved the title and the comic slash IT hes looking, hoping for hidden meaning. I,
0: I did reply to Mike about that. There was no hidden meaning in, <laughs> in, in, in the last show title. It was purely something that Russ said early on in the show that I thought fitted really well. And, and that's, that's why it was used. From your boy, Rob Edwards. And this is all in caps, so I think he's shouting, guys, I don't want opinions to stop. And finally, and quite nicely, I do like it when this happens, we, we had a comment from Alagash Brewing all the way over in, in, in the States who simply said, thanks for giving Swiftly a review. Cheers from Maine. Yeah, I quite like that as well. Nice yeah. I
1: can't
0: I'm hoping that they listened as, as well, but even if they didn't, it was nice that they acknowledged that they were included in the, 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 the show notes, so to speak.
1: Yes, and hopefully they did note the uh, positive comments for all three of us as well.
0: Yes, yeah, and I mean, that was a delicious bit. I was quite, quite intrigued to find, when I went to check it in on Untapped, it was listed as a red IPA. Yeah, that's bollocks, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, yes, it, it was almost red in its colour, but I wouldn't have classed it as a red IPA. No.
1: I, I, and again, at the risk of being very firmly put in my place, I, I don't see that there was any rye in the, in the ingredients. And I thought that would have to contribute.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think it's essential in a red IPA, but I think it's commonly used in a red IPA. Yeah,
1: but I I didn't think it was dark enough to be red. Yeah. Red IPA, but either way, very, very enjoyable beer. And as ever, thanks for the, uh, the feedback.
0: Yeah, it's been some great feedback this week. And obviously we did drop a surprise little bonus episode as well, where we got very, very excited about having the first taste of Undisputed Era and we've not had the time to include any of the feedback from that little snippet in in this show. So thanks to everybody who listened to that as as, as well and thank you, as always, for sharing your opinions with us. Keep using that hashtag and keep letting us know what you think of the show. Now, it's time to play the rantometer or the first of three rounds of this that we're going to do over the years we have tried to keep this podcast largely positive haven't we mate we 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 don't like to be down on things we don't like to be constantly moaning about things but there have been occasions where something has got one or the both or either of us and we've had a little
1: rant about it I think you more so than me Yes um, but yeah I mean by and large I think and I think we actually made this quite a, con- uh, a positive but deliberate uh, choice from the outset was to try and make the phrasing of our questions positive the, the, the show positive but yes every now and again we're both human a little rant comes into it however I wish I'd known about the possibility of a rantometer in the past in the past I have to admit it's like, it's like you're, it's like you're trying, to, trying to find little, throwing sweets in my direction, Steve. Well, to try and keep you. To try and yeah. stop you from leaving me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's no good, Russ. I'm going. <laughs>
0: So, so, yeah, we have got and, and, and we've found a little uh, web app for, for, for this as well. So there's going to be sound effects. We're, we've got a little spinning wheel of fortune, so to speak, which we have plotted into a number of things that have uh, really upset us over the years or, or get to us on a frequent basis. And we're going to have three rounds of, of just taking a spin each on this and then just letting loose. For, for a few minutes, so sit down, buckle up, and grab your beer, because here we go with the first spin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, oh, okay, should I go then? Yeah, why don't you go on this one first, Steve? Okay,
0: so the, the, the first the first thing it's landed on is is mild. <laughs> now... I I think listeners are are, are, are quite well-versed with with how I feel about mild. I've never been a fan of of this particular style of beer. Uh, It does nothing for me. But the thing that's that's really got me uh, about it, particularly over the last few months, has been all the hype and FOMO around mild being the next biggest thing, the next great thing. Every brewery has saved or reinvented mild and god's sake it's not even that good a beer so i'm that's just that's just that's as mad as i'm gonna go on it because people know my feelings about mild i'm not sure if you've got anything to add to this one though because i I think you don't mind it do you
1: yeah i i haven't got any rants on this one i'm quite um if i find a nice one i enjoy it and like all other beers if i don't find one i don't like but it's not a style i avoid
0: Nice nice easy one to start off with then. Let's uh, let's give the wheel a spin again and see what we get this time. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay, this this one might take <laughs> a little bit longer. Martin, do you want to tell the listeners what this has just landed <laughs> on this time? It's one word. Craft. But it's in inverted commas. <laughs> inverted commas, isn't it?
1: Do you want to go first on this one? I, 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 well, I'm not even going to start off with talking about craft and beer. I'm actually really pissed off that everything's crafted now. Nothing is made, produced, brewed, or even sometimes distilled. It's fucking crafted. So that the word has lost so much impact and meaning, hasn't it now? Um, oh, absolutely. No, and like you're saying, not just in beer, but no. just in general, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you, you probably could argue that, the use of it in beer has had some success because previous to the beer, I only knew craft has been as in arts and crafts, the things which didn't fit quite into art, but came at the same sort of fare. And then it became craft beer. And that became a very easy way to distinguish between more modern breweries or modern takes on styles versus maybe traditional brews or, you know, the family regionals, for example. And then everyone just got carried away with it. And so many of those beers, which may and brews, which may have fallen under craft in the past, probably don't anymore. Um, I won't mention one particular uh, example because that may come up anyway. So you know, but it is more that it's been just used all the time now. It's just used all the time.
0: So overuse of 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 the word definitely because I, I think it's
1: lost its impact and meaning. To be honest.
0: Oh I, I think it's I think it's definitely lost its impact in 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 terms of of the beer community and the, the thing the thing that gets me uh, uh, about it is when people or where people have stopped using the the, the the term beer and just refer to it as craft i'm I'm going to drink craft. I only drink craft and they that's how they distinguish their beer between craft and trad. Or regionals or macros. And I'm like, shut up. It's it's not called craft. This thing in my glass is beer. This this isn't craft. It's beer. This is beer. It, It doesn't matter who's made it. You know, we're very lucky to have a beer from a brewery that we've worked with a number of times that we happen to like their beer and they produce very, very good beer, but it's not called craft. It's beer. And I just, fuck's sake, stop using craft as a way of defining your beer choices, because
1: that's not what it is. Yeah, no, uh, I'd agree on that. I mean, I've heard it used less, but I've definitely heard people distinguish between trad and craft. Um, And also, there isn't... I think we even tried defining this before, didn't we, Steve? Or asking people to give provide what their thoughts were on it, what the definition of it was. And it really does mean a lot of a lot of things to a lot of people rather than it being a very clear definition as well. That's that's why we have no clear definition in the UK, because yeah. nobody nobody could agree on what the definition would be. Yeah. So I think in the early days it served a purpose. But I think the beer scene is so wide and varied now but it's really hard and unfair at times to pigeonhole one one direction or the other as well yeah
0: yeah i mean personally you, you know and another thing that gets me is when you know going back to people calling it craft instead of beer and that definition between trad and regional we both are massive fans of Adnams. They produce beers that we love, but they often get pigeonholed as as being too trad. They're not, they're not craft enough. It's, does that mean their beer's no good? No, absolutely not. So stop using it as a way of
1: defining beer because you're just making yourselves look like dicks. Yeah, um, and I, 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 I would entirely agree with you. And again, it's a good example, and I think it's probably one we've used before. But I don't mean, it's not just punters. I think there are uh, bars that like to distinguish themselves as that. There's breweries that want to distinguish themselves as that. Um, Make good beer first and then see how other people find it and go from there.
0: We should probably finish the first round of the Rantometer there. Nice positive finish there, Martin. Thanks for that. We're going to dip in and out of the Rantometer throughout the evening and have a little bit of fun. Let's get some final thoughts on the Big Ideas German owl
1: from Simple Things Fermentations. Well, it finished. It went pretty quickly. Really, really nicely crafted um Ale, I think, as well. <laughs> <You> swat. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what? That what did you say earlier? You just carry on going back and having more? Spot yeah. on. Yeah. That's that's uh,
0: that that's almost we were just joking about definitions, but that's almost the
1: definition of a session beer. Yeah, I suppose percentage-wise. For a lot of people and arguably for us as well, it could be dangerous, but 5% is probably on that cusp session, not session, but in terms of its um, pintability, I would say that quite happily you'd go back and have some more Um, because I think it had such a nice soft mouthfeel, but enough refreshing um, carbonation to it, as well as some nice subtle aromas and flavor, but just, sort of put everything in there that you really wanted as a session beer, but just a little bit of a twist on it with the, the German style of it. Really, really good. Yeah, I, I, I loved it. There's, there's nothing more I can add to that, mate. I think you've summed that up nicely.
0: It's, it's just a really balanced, really tasty, enjoyable beer. Do you want to know what's next, Steve? Yes, please. IPA. Excellent, because that's not the most featured
1: style on this <laughs> podcast, is <Ever>. it?
0: <laughs> it's, it's not the thing that we always default
1: to. Now, I am looking forward to this for a couple of reasons. One, it's an IPA, so why wouldn't I? Um, Amarillo, Simcoe and Citra all feature here, Steve. I don't want it. I'm not interested. Not interested in any more. I don't want none of those old-fashioned hops. I just want all the hype hops. (laughs) Um, We need to get into this because this aroma is smelling really good, actually. Really looking forward to this. Oh, let's let's do it then. Cheers. Cheers.
0: God, Phil, Phil knows how to brew a beer, doesn't he? What do you mean, brew?
1: We've already discussed this thing. Right, Phil knows how to craft a beer, he doesn't knows he? How to artisanally craft a beer. Um, he's got juicy, fruity, soft, and smooth. I might as well just leave it there. I can, mean, but can, you can't really add add much more to that, can you? Just a, just a little bit of dryness towards the end as well. Really nice. Um, but isn't this the first beer he's used, Citra? Y- yeah,
0: on, on the notes that he sent through, he said he's always been quite hesitant to to use Citra because he didn't want to be seen as simply jumping on the bandwagon.
1: Yeah, and I I would say with arguably the styles he's done over the over the years that that would be a very hard one to level at him, to be honest, and the way he does the beers. But it's got a little just that little bit of, of sweetness uh bit citrus lovely mix of the 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 simcoe and the citra as well i mean that's he says it's a light haze but i mean that's a really faint haze isn't it
0: yeah i'd 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 go that phrase that we use quite often it's it's more of a hot haze isn't it than it it being hazy or murky
1: or maybe the sort of hot haze we used to associate or still do at times with, with kernel
0: yeah, that's that's exactly where I was going to go next and say it, it if you, it looks like a kernel beer. And and I think the the, the thing that I've just noticed that's quite interesting, and it's on it's on all three of the cans that, that we're drinking tonight, is that they can condition their yep. beers as well. So that that might be adding to how good the, the condition has been so far in the two beers that we've tried. Six point eight percent though. Dangerous. <laughs> very dangerous we should uh again crack on m- crack on but may- m- maybe try and be a little bit more responsible with our drinking on on this one let's have a look at what we've been up to recently because uh i know you seem to have been here there and everywhere uh i've i've had a couple of little beery adventures as well but let's let's have a little bit of a roundup in terms of for
1: the for the last time mate let's beery talk about adventures. our beery oh, yeah. adventures that's very true you mean a way- does that mean if I don't share them in the future, I haven't done them?
0: Poss- possibly, although you seem to be booking up stuff left, right and centre, and I'm I'm pretty sure one of the reasons that you cited wanting to leave this podcast was because you wanted to temper down your
1: drinking a little bit. Well, that's bullshit, isn't it? <laughs> no, 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 no. We can come back to that. Or maybe we'll just save that for the last show, when I'm drinking like 12% beer or something. Um, right, so... A little while ago, Craftwork, um, a little bar in um, South End, uh, a couple of years old. They had a round corner tap takeover, which I think it was you who actually informed me of that, Steve. So I thought i will take a little wander into South End and have some Craftwork beers on tap. Combi uh, was there in the evening with the customary pork pies and Stilton cheese, and met up with one of my old bosses, and again enjoyed some of their beers. Hot day, the Frisbee lager. Like that 4.2%, mate. If we're talking mm. about crushable and easy drinking, that one definitely works for me. The Frisbee it's a really nice lager. Um but then I stupidly went, Oh yeah, I love one of your I'll have the Baltic Porter. And that, for whatever reason, I keep forgetting it's 8.2%. Oh, <laughs> the underwater song. Yeah, and guess guess what measure I had it in? I'm gonna go for two thirds. You had a pint, didn't you? Yes, I had a pint. Idiot there's no other there's no other um, and that's where I'm stopping about that particular beer adventure before we get to the next one I need to give a shout out to a beer I tried uh, when I was just meeting up with my son in Chelmsford it wasn't a drinking day it was just a bit of a lunchtime catch-up but while I was waiting for him as is customary I decided to pop into the alehouse and they had a six degrees north cask beer on now not something I've had before and the only time I think we've been lucky enough to have six degree dwarf is when they've come through to us, Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Echelon. It's an American pale ale, 3.8%. Absolutely bloody stunning. Bags of aroma and flavor. No, it was still piney. It was full, hoppy, cask beer. Absolutely delicious. Managed to squeeze in two of those before my son turned up and ruined the moment. But yes, really, really nice. Can't say enough about it. Would love to see it again on cask.
0: When you say ruin the moment, was that moment going to be six
1: pints? Well, maybe three or four, but he, he arrived on time. It's I think very, it's I, very unlike your son. Yes, and I think it's because I was taking him to the all-you-can-eat pizza place. Probably more like your son. Yes, there you me? go. See, oh, I surprised give it, surprised I, he wasn't early. <laughs> I gave him an incentive, didn't I? Yeah. Right, now here comes the big one. Uh, went to uh, Belgium with my mates persuaded them that um it was a good place to go three to four days in Brussels yes there's a lot of drinking establishments you can go so that's not really an issue but how many of them are nice places nice bars nice areas to, to do three or four days when the largely the people aren't beer geeks so to speak so I thought we'd throw in a couple of day trips so Ghent 35 minutes by train and Bruges 55 minutes by train so one full day, one full up day to about six or seven o'clock in Ghent. Then we did the day in Brussels and then we did a, a decent day in Bruges. In fact, we stayed in Bruges about 10 o'clock when we went there. And Ghent was a nice, I've been to Ghent for a couple of hours before with Michelle and we managed to get just a really lovely sunny summer's day. And although it doesn't have quite maybe the same volume of canals as Bruges, there's still some lovely little spots along rivers and canals where you can sit down and just chill and it almost doesn't matter there's going to be enough beers there you're going to find to like um what I would say is if you go into Ghent although it's only 35 minutes on the train to get to like the historic centre um takes longer and is probably less attractive than when you're in Bruges because you know when you come out of Bruges station Steve you're only a few minutes away aren't you from all these lovely streets buildings
0: so yeah, yeah, it's about 10 minute, 10-15 minute yeah. walk to the town
1: centre, isn't it? Yeah, but even the via the bit you're going, there's some just lovely old oh, it's, buildings. It's a, it's a beautiful walk, yeah. yeah. Again, it's not an unpleasant walk, but it's very much a practical, it's a you know, the building serving the city, so to speak. So um, it's not quite the same. But once you get to the centre again, as they do very well, a nice big square, some nice canals. Went to some lovely little spots and drank some some lovely little beers. But my little moment, and um, I just wish one of my mates actually listened to this, um, it was the last place. It was on the way back to the station. We just sat down outside on the high street, and I ordered uh, Bon Vu. And, they, they, and two of them said, oh, yeah, I'll have the same. So just a three 75 milliliter bottles. And then Barman goes in, you know, as it's usually his table services, just as he's coming out, And then Neil pays a bit more attention to what I've ordered. He says, it's five o'clock. Why have you ordered me a nine and a half percent beer? And the timing could not have been better because the barman started pouring it and said, because it's one of the best beers in the world. (laughs) You're not going to get
0: any arguments from here on that.
1: (laughs) Can you imagine how just smug I was looking at that particular moment in time? Absolutely. And I just went, thank you. (laughs) <laughs> it was just one of those perfect, perfect moments, but yeah, I can highly recommend getting again. And again, if anyone is going and would like some tips, I can definitely go into more detail that, than doing it now, but again, pretty much everywhere you stumble across, even if you're going for a bite of food, you'll find enough. There was West mile on tap while we had pizza at lunchtime. Uh, the place beside that, while we were deciding where we we're going to go for lunch, I would bought a, a, a draft result. So it almost feels like you never have to go too far, if that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, some lovely, lovely little spots. Um, well, the only thing I want to mention about um, going to in Brussels was that I managed to get to Cantillon as the doors opened and I still wasn't the first one in there, which fucked me right off, I can tell you. Um, but people were queuing for the shop, so I was the first one to get to the bar. So I'm
0: taking
1: it's, that. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's, there's honour in that, isn't uh, there? Yeah, I'm taking that. My mate, two, two, of the, two of the six came with us. It was raining a little bit and, you know, they were curious um, because they, they know that I'm going to take them somewhere a little bit different. Um, quite a bit like you, I don't think they fell in love with the style. And they're even though they're doing some building work there, which I was never thought I would see happening, it is still fully open to anyone who is interested in who is going. Loads of tours are going on, though. People do come far and wide to worship at the Canteon altar, I can tell you. And then Bruges. Come on, we all love a bit of Bruges, don't we? Absolutely, um, yeah. Strangely enough, one or two of my mates didn't really have any sort of advanced picture in the head of what Bruges might be like. Because I just got it in my head, but everyone sort of knows it's this quite quaint, uh, medieval-type feel city, which, it, you know, it's called a city, but it's, you know, it feels like a large town. And, you know, even if they haven't seen much about it, they may have seen a film where it's featured in it and they they know the square. Um, but I did have a few comments saying, oh, this is a lot nicer than I thought it was going to be. And I was thinking, okay, that that wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah. So what did you think it was going to be? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Steve, where do you reckon I went to first? Uh, it's customary to go to the GAR, isn't it? As, as your first stop. Well, yes, Main reason, because you need to be able to get in there straight away as well. So go around the corner of the square and take them down an alleyway. I've already taken, and to be fair, I've already taken down a few alleyways and a few places we've been to already, and there's no sign still. And there's a door with just seven letters, De gar beside it. And I could feel my mates looking at the back of me. So I turn around, trust me, it will open at half 11, <laughs> thinking... Do not let me down. Do not let me down. If you can get it better. Yeah. And yes, they did. We got a table for five by one of the little windows. So that was good for us. Um, And then they started to think about what they might want to drink. And I went, whoa, hold on there. I've already ordered. I I sorted out the beers. And then told them it was 11% once they were halfway through it. And they all still loved the beer. Before and after, I told them about the 11% bit. Um, and within 10 minutes, there was no seating left downstairs. That wow. was it. It was already full. So I mean it was a Saturday. It was quite a nice day, but still. And again, it's one of those moments where my mates were going, oh, this is quite quaint. And then they start looking around and realising that actually, Martin wasn't the only person who knew about this place. There's loads of other people turning up who want to sit in this place and drink the same beer and have a little bowl of diced cheese.
0: Yeah I was, I was having a conversation about it with someone who was saying that it's it's not generally one of those places that turns up when you do a search on 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 bruges, on places to go, or even if you dig a little bit deeper and 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 read some of the the, the beer guides to, to to Bruges, it's 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 quite always quite a way down on people's lists or it doesn't appear at all. but once you've actually come across it or once somebody's recommended it to you and said you have to go there, it then becomes almost the stuff of legend,
1: doesn't it yeah yeah, but it almost feels wrong then not to visit yeah once you've been. Um, I mean, it hasn't got the most extensive beer list in comparison to a number, a vast number of other places, not just in Belgium, but just in Bruges. Maybe that's part of it. Um, I think it's just a wonderful little place to rock up. So simple, um, their offerings, lovely. And the Degar House beer was absolutely delightful. Then we went around to Gambrinus. Then we went to the um, Duvalerium, the Grand Beer Cafe, you know, the one which overlooks the square. Um, Has it got the biggest choice of Belgian beers? No, because it is, you know, it's owned by a big brewery. Has it got one of the best views of the square? If you can get an outside seat, then yes, definitely. You can see all of the square, like two stories up, buy a flight of free beers, you know, and still do a, a decent selection of the styles across those three beers. That was definitely one of my mates' favourite spots. Definitely, they loved that. Um, then went to Bruce Bertie. Had to go there. Got there to four, for four o'clock, and I'm not sure if I was the first one in then either. I'm still not sure if I've made it in first because there is always other people there for four o'clock. Um, and again, uh, a lovely spot for anyone who's been there before. Simple offering in terms of food toasted cheese sandwiches all round but a lovely extensive beer list and and just a friendly welcoming place i find and then went somewhere i hadn't been to before which is at the back of a hotel um called cafe rose red all of indoors was packed but outside lovely little courtyard table for six job done courtyard and then everyone else started sitting outside as well we were the first ones to sit outside lovely little spot Mm. could have stayed there longer if it hadn't been for the, the actual return necessity for a return train. Absolutely fabulous. And to round off my Beery adventures, the, the, my last set of shared Beery adventures, um, I popped to, up to that little-known Northern City Leeds at the weekend, probably for about 30 hours in total, and um, met up with uh, one Mr. gavin Barron and Gareth Barrelage Leeds um on the friday evening and unfortunately they suggested meeting the banker's cat the obvious place to meet really isn't it yeah damn uh but then i did go somewhere i hadn't been before brown hill which is the little leeds beer house as it was once was um so that was very nice had um a pint of uh cloud Walter's uh next iteration of saving cask beer um, which, to me, I was really nervous about when it got poured. It was actually a whole lot better in flavour and aroma and mouthfeel than it looked. You you would not have enjoyed the look of it, Steve. Um, but then uh, they had an elusive dark beer, uh, Road to Darkness, and then we had um, a drink from New Barns while we were in there. So, again, nice little selection while we were in there. Went to North Bar for one, which I think it was the first night of their 25th anniversary celebrations. Twenty-five years that place has been going, and then we finished off by having a drink at White Locks. Because again, there's places when you go back, you sort almost need to go back to again, don't you?
0: Yeah, it's it's funny you say that because with, with the exception of the Bankers Cap, which wasn't there when I used to be in Leeds at work, that that used to essentially be my after-work beer room. <laughs> it, it'd be Little Leeds Beer House or Brown Hill, as it is now, uh, the North Bar, and White Locks you don't really it's, need much
1: else you, know what you said before the stuff of legends yeah especially north bar and white locks i think i think we should probably at, at that point now we should probably just acknowledge the
0: north bar and their anniversary because 25 years is is a long time and they're widely acknowledged as being one of the first And despite the fact that we've just (laughs) berated this word. They're widely acknowledged as being one of the first craft beer bars in the UK, one of the original pioneers of bringing craft beers, particularly from America, but then also then finding UK breweries that were that kind of first wave of independent breweries. Their Belgian beer selection has always been extensive, to say the least. And I think we should probably take a moment just to acknowledge... To have been doing that for twenty five years successfully, well done,
1: North Bar. Yeah, I was we we'll sort of raise a a cheers, cheers yeah, to North Bar. And, to, and hopefully to another twenty five years as well. And then I went over to Amity, um, the next day in Farsley, not far from from uh, Pudsey. Um, got the train to New Pudsey, and just had a lovely little walk from New Pudsey to Farsley. You know, just going down the hill, lovely old, lovely big brick wing, uh buildings, hill backdrop. And then into the Sunnybank Mills, got there about half 11. So I caught up with Russ before they started. Again, bumped into Comby, Brew York were there. Uh, Chris Hall was working the stands with Kirkstall as well. So, yeah, it, and it was, obviously, I worked there on a Friday. So I only heard what Friday was like. Friday was really busy, a bit of a slow start because of the weather. But with um, the courtyard, they have got attached to the, the brew pub. They'd put they got the license for the big tent area, and they'd also got an extra license for the outside picnic area as well. And because the weather was lovely and they had the food trucks and they had a gin truck as well outside, which I thought was a quite a nice idea. because um, if I had been doing a bit of an all dayer, then it would have come a point where gin would have been a ooh, I need a gin right now. That'd be very refreshing. So and the the, the food offerings were very nice, nice bit of variety on the food offerings. And you know, a dozen or so breweries, but all people that Amity have um, collabed with before, had the cast collaboration with Nomadic. Very, very nice that was. Had some nice beers and then had two stupid beers before I left. Had the um, Triple from Kirkstall, which came in at a um, surprisingly low 9%. And I say surprisingly low because Tartarus had a 17% imperial stout. Of course I did. Yes. And the triple from Kirkstill was absolutely outstanding. You know, uh, I, I, I go to some of the classic triples that I like from Belgium and add all of those qualities. But it was almost like a softness and a, a more rounded version of some of them. And apparently, according to Chris, have also put some in some bourbon barrels as well to age. And but then I thought, OK, done that one. Let's double up pretty much go for the Tartarus Imperial Stout. And again, that was outstanding for a 17% Impy Stout. It just had all of those oily, slick qualities to it. Didn't feel like people had just Tartarus had thrown adjuncts and lactose at it. It was just a big, bold, multi malt variety of, of a beer. Absolutely delicious. Uh, really wonderful Lovely feel to the, the um, amity fest. I'm assuming that it was a as it was a seems to have been a very successful three days, it probably won't be the only time it'll happen. And uh, it's amity brew pub and Farsley is definitely worth a visit. Um, having done all of that though, I thought well, I know what I'll do, I'll go into two more beers before I get to get on the train. Because friend of the show, Paul, can I get a pee? Um, was in Leeds for the weekend, ironically to meet up with on the Saturday night Chris Hall, <laughs> um, who also I think was building up to the 17% stout before he met up with Paul. So lucky Paul got to meet two people in one day who had 17% MP stout and um, just popped into Bundabus where they were having a bite to eat. And again, you know, if that's your food, if, that, if that's the food you like, then it's very hard to be at a restaurant which has the food you like and that beer offering. And only be about three minutes walk from the station as well. So. And there end of. My. Beery adventure, Steve. Final beer adventures, mate. Final beer adventures. Well, I think I've for, got, I think for the podcast, for the podcast, I think I've gone out on a high. I, I think you have. Absolutely. You've, you've, you've gone out all guns a in there. <laughs> if you're going to do it properly. I mean, if you're going to do it, do it properly, mate. That's
0: yeah. what I say. Yeah. I, I mean, mine, mine are a a mere shadow in comparison to, to, to what you've been up to they that they really are I'm I'm going to start off with a, a bit of a catch-up on my 50 beers for 50 years project because obviously I, I when I started that project I had ambitions of that finishing in a podcast uh, but that's now not going to be a case so I shall continue with the project, but where I'm up to right now, I'm I'm forty beers in.
1: So sorry, I've, I've... I'm, I'm loving. I'm loving you. Call this a project now.
0: It, well, it, it, is a, it is a
1: project. <laughs> you, I, I don't know if that's how you started off by calling it. It's
0: a project. It's it's it's, it's, it's a... essentially the, the, the subtext of it is project seller clear. That that was the <laughs> that that was the original aim for it. But what what seems to have happened is 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 my seller hasn't got any emptier. So I've either been continuing to add to it as I've been taking things out of it, or what seems to have also happened is that I've actually subbed in quite a few beers as, as we've gone
1: through the process. Yeah, I, I'm going to say that I reckon you've definitely subbed in some beers, especially when you've been out places.
0: Yeah, so if I mean, for instance, when we were on the summer sesh, the barley wine that we had, I was like, "Wow, this will do this. Is, this is this week's 50 beers for 50 <laughs> years. So that, that can be done. But yeah, I'm, I'm 40 beers in now. So I've, I've got I've got 10 more to go. Some some recent real standouts that have come out. Uh, two beers from 2019. So the 2019 variant of the Bourbon County Stout from Goose Island was tasting absolutely stunning. When, when, when i had it it was really smooth the vanilla sweetness that was coming through on it was really muted and it was warming but it wasn't boozy and i feel like i've, I've what's that three years old now I feel like i've really hit the right age on on that one to have tasted it because it went fairly quickly as, as well and bourbon county stout isn't a low abv that's like 15 so it it, did go fairly quickly but I thoroughly enjoyed that another from 2019 was uh 2019 Bonvo that I had in the cellar as as well which I enjoyed for with Emma for her birthday because Emma's a big fan of Bonvo as well we had that and that was just tasting stunning as always and I I can't wait to go back to brews in September and, and and drink it in bars Wherever I can find it, basically, and and then probably buy a suitcase to bring as much of it as as I can back home. There's definitely as, worse well. plans.
1: There's definitely worse plans to have, Steve.
0: Yeah, I know, I know, right? Uh, and then everything that has come out because I've been going through quite a lot of my um Fullers cellar as well and that's not just the vintage owls but they but they put other things in boxes so they had their imperial ipa they had an imperial porter that they put in a box as well and both of those were stunning and again the imperial ipa was four years on from where i first tried it and yeah it's gone it was full-on barley wine at this stage but it was full-on delicious barley wine and and the imperial porter was just just the stuff of dreams in terms of the, the the flavors that were coming off of it there was it was like smooth caramel there were hints of chocolate there was a little bit of roastedness and finish again there's no adjuncts or anything gone into that that's just really really skillful brewing to to create those flavors so I've, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed those few beers recently now within the 10 that I've got left there, there are three that I'm particularly looking forward so forward to so the first one will be the last beer that i'm going to do which again is a, a fuller's beer that's in a box but it's the fuller's imperial stout but it's from 2013 so it was the first year that they did their imperial stout uh, and, I, and i remember getting hold of a bottle and that's actually also the first bottle that i purposely put into a cellar to age when i started okay, my beer so you-
1: journey it wasn't accidentally aged then.
0: No, this, this has been, I've purposely been aging this one. And part of me is like, just hang on for another year, Steve, and then you can have it at 10 years. But also there's another part of me that's saying, I saw some recent vertical tastings of the Fuller's Imperial Stout. And a lot of people suggesting that once they go past five years, they're, they're dropping off a little bit. So I'm going to stick with it and I'm going to do that. That will be the last beer that I do as part of this project. Uh, so that is beer number 50 you've counted that, that this is, right that is okay. no that is, it's on a spreadsheet and it's on line 51 because obviously you've got headers you've got your headers line 51 Fuller's imperial stout okay the, the, the other two one of them i'm going to do again around four years to the day when we first did it and that's the tint meadow but the batch one that danny got for us when she visited the the, the brewery so i'm going to the, the brewery the monastery <laughs> excuse me um but I'm I'm gonna do that around the four-year mark of when we first did that podcast, which is in August. So I'm I'm really looking forward to to, to going back to that particular version of, of, of Tint Meadow.
1: Are you gonna play some soothing
0: bird song in the background while you drink it? I think I'm gonna to have to. I think I'm really gonna to have to crank up crank up the fake bird song. Yeah, I think that's the only way to do it, mate. Yeah, that's, that's the only way you can ever enjoy that beer. And then the last one, and, and this is one that I am really looking forward to, but I'm going to absolutely butcher the pronunciation on this. It's called, mm, oh, I can't even say it because it's Irish. It's Mia, Mia Rue Bourbon Barrel Aged Imperial Red Owl from the White Hag. Now, that's part of that. You know, we invested in that oh, um, yeah. barrel aging crowdfunder. It's one of the bottles that came out the very first batches of that. And again, that's about four years old. And I'm really looking forward. I've got that one saved because Wayne and Janice are coming over to the UK in summer. And I know they're staying with you and they're coming to stay with me as well. So I've kind of got that one put to one side for when they're here as well, to enjoy with them. So th- those are the real highlights that I've, I've got, the, the ones that are really jumping out at me. I've got some fantastic other beers to drink in the last 10 as well, but those are the ones that I'm most looking forward to
1: getting to. Oh, no, it's not a bad start. I mean, the ones you've dotted around that, I'm sure, are still going to be good. I mean, we're, we're into the final 10, so... We, we are, but the cellar's still not emptying, mate, so I'm going to have to find another project after <laughs> this to continue
0: to clear that cellar. Now, other than just drinking or trying to drink through my cellar, I've had a couple of trips out as as well. I went to Bury St Edmunds. Uh, We were going to a wedding reception in the evening. uh, And as you do, we got there at lunchtime and and thought, let's go out drinking in in town before we, we go to the wedding reception. Now, people will make the association very very quickly that Berry St edmunds <laughs> is the home of where green king are based and i'm very proud to say that i didn't have a single green king beer while we were drinking in town but what i did stumble
1: across was sorry question though go on have you had a green king beer in green in uh, berry before no why would i do you think they're bad beers uh I've, I've never really found one that i like so i would almost i mean i have had i did the green king tour so i went over to the, the tasting afterwards i think mean, you should have one at some point you should have a green king beer maybe Abbott reserve or something if you can find it
0: well it's, it's likely that i'm going to be going back to Berry because they've recently just uh the, the bottle shop beautiful beers have recently just opened up a belgian beer bar called vespers which is uh, drinking and they've got about 12 lines, and of those 12 lines, eight of them are Belgian beers. And... It looks
1: nice. I saw that saw a couple yeah. of pictures. It looks we, nice.
0: we were really hoping that that was <laughs> going to be open, but we were two weeks too early. Uh, but I did manage my first pint in Barry St Edmunds was from another Suffolk brewery because I managed to find Ghost Ship somewhere and I had that as as my first beer. Ooh, that, that was good going in. Green
1: King Country.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm sort of. I was very surprised to find an Adnams in in Green King Country because you would not
1: find a Green King beer in Southwold. No, I mean I think Berry probably has uh, more pubs and stuff, but still, well done. Yeah. What, what, yeah. what was the What was the pub?
0: It was um, simply called the Tavern, which was like it was a cross between quite a modern bar, but then they had sort of a, a bit of a restaurant at the back. That was more like, uh, I suppose, kind of like a pizza restaurant more than anything. I did, I did enjoy the, I did enjoy the ghost ship. It went down very, very well. The two pints of it that I think I had. One okay, one. did you find anywhere else in Berry Sermons worth having a drink? Two places actually, and surprised by both of them because um, the first one was a brew pub called The Old Cannon, which actually had all of its brewing equipment on show in the pub and they literally brew their own range of beers that are then all served on cask in 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 the pub a lovely little quite a quaint place also has accommodation on on site as as well does b b but to see all the brew kit just there kind of open in the drinking area it was it was quite surprising, really. And I think some of it was maybe for show because it was very, very shiny and very clean and it didn't look like it had been brewed on in a long time. So maybe they've got some more modern... And it, it was quite old-looking as well. So maybe they've got quite modern equipment out the back where you can't see it. But, yeah, brew, brew pub called the Old Cannon. And then the second one, again, it was uh, almost like a brew pub. It was called the Beer House, but the beers were brewed by a brewery called Brew Shed, who are based just up the road. But then the beer house is like the the, the taproom for okay. their beers. So we went in there and they had a stunning range of beers on and a lot of different styles as well, which is always a big a big plus when, when I go into somewhere where you see a lot of different styles. So I wasn't suddenly presented with out of the nine lines. There were seven parallels and out of those seven, six of them were hazy a draft draft or cask cask and keg that their own beers. Um, Interestingly. And, and I think, I, I think there's some sort of tie in there somewhere because they had all their own cask lines, all their own keg lines. And then they had Stella and, mahal is it as as their lager yes so i'm guessing that they're they're tied in and the agreement that they've got is those would be the two tied lines and then they could serve their own beer separately
1: to that if it pays the way and keeps some punters in while you know you've got a group of six or seven two of them only want the lagers and everything else is the house offerings it works the mahal's like the um it's almost like the, the Spanish version of the Prava, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, although while we were in there, I didn't
0: see anyone go for those because uh, most of the people were drinking the the the, the Brewshed the, the beers that were on offer. I, I, we did uh, a couple of flights because they had flights as well. And I, I do love it when you like, like you said, when you're in brews, it, it's good to get a flight because you can try a lot of different things without having too much liquid. But I think you're
1: right. I mean, I mean, that sounds like Barry said Edmonds has come on a little bit since when well, obviously I used to live in Colchester Berry is that much closer, isn't it? Um much more accessible, just quickly dry. You can either go up the A 14 or you can go up through Sudbury. And I have been there a few times. The only other beers I found other than Green King was St. Peter's.
0: Previously. I didn't find any of those in and anywhere. Um like I say, I think I think the beer house was an absolute find. It's literally less than a five minute walk from the station as well it's like the closest pub to the station oh in, even better in in, in and there, there were one beer in particular it was called insomnia stout it was a it was a coffee stout and i was like i was all over it it was delicious it was so tasty yeah so my final beer adventure em and i went out yesterday afternoon for a few beers with some friends and before I tell you where I went, I mean, you know where I went, and I think probably a lot yeah. of the listeners know where I went as well. I just want to read you my beer list from, from yesterday. So Go I had Cask Ghost Ship, Cask Broadside, Cask Yakima Gold, Cask Landlord. I then had two lefts and I finished on a Camden Pow. Now, this was in Wivenhoe in Essex,
1: which is a large village would we say
0: yeah it's certainly not a
1: town is it? i would say it would struggle to throw itself as under the bus of a quarter town
0: yeah so it's, it's it's on it's on the river um a few miles outside of colchester it's quite easy to get to but that beer list i was very very happy with those beers yesterday afternoon and particularly the cask beers every single one of them was in tip-top condition and particularly even more so the two adnams beers that that i had now the ghost ship was more bitter than i ever remember ghost ship being so i'm not sure whether something was up with my palate or whether there's been a slight tweak to the recipe of ghost ship or whether it's just the way that they kept it but it was it was tasting banging but all of the cask offerings were were, were spot on not a single one of them for a sparkler All served with a nice, you know, fluffy white head, not one, not one of those horrible bubbly heads that you get, but a a decent head. The can, you know, they held themselves all the way down the glass and lacing was perfect. And I just, I just looked back at that list last night and I was like, you know what? 10 years ago when we started this podcast, I would have been thrilled to have had a day out on that sort of list of, of, of beers. Even six years ago, when you yeah. and I started this, you would have struggled to have had that
1: sort of selection in a small Essex village. Well, there's only one place I would have gone in Wivenhoe, would have been the Black Boy. Yeah, well, that's we, we went there. But, and, and they had that's where I had the Heima Gold. But they also had, had Cloudwater on Keg in, in there. They used to have Colonel every now and again, so that's not a surprise blackboard. But yeah, like you say, if you... Well, let's just go back to your previous beer adventure in Berry. If you take out those two pubs, which had their either the brew pub in there, the brew kit in there, or the brew kit up the road, you would have struggled. I would have struggled to find
0: that, an an equivalent to that list
1: that I had yesterday, yes. So, yes, I agree. But I think what's also pertinent is that and, you know, we've spoken about how to pour the beer. I think both you and I agree about there's one pour, which is pretty much a definite no-no. But you described how beer can be if looked after, served correctly, not being obsessed about getting up to the top of the glass, because you are in the South. Where, you know, at, at the time of drinking, time of recording, you were in the South. And that also has an impact on it as well. So it can be done.
0: Well, interestingly, there were some funny looks from our friends when we had the left, because the left was served in proper left glasses as well. And they said, we can't we can't offer you a pint in the left glasses because, unfortunately, we only had eight of those and they all got stolen within the first week of us having the, the, the pump, which is just shithouse behavior it really is but that, that's one side so, so we opted for halves of left Pro- probably for the best really because that yeah. was at the end of the day as well and they, they, they poured them properly and you know nice nice tight white head on on them but obviously by the time we got four of those back from the bar to the end of the garden the head had started to dissipate a little bit and our friends looked at them and was like well I haven't got a full glass and I was like Look at the line on the side of the glass, and they're like, "Oh, I've actually got more than half a pint." Yes, that that that's where it's that's where your half pint mark is, where that line is on
1: your glass. That's why it's there. Interesting, isn't it? And,
0: yeah, and I think it's it's these things and it's little things like that, 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 that. Sometimes living in the bubble that we live in, in 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 terms of beer, we, we forget that people that live outside of that bubble don't obsess over things like we do. Well, are they obsessed over different things?
1: Yes, because they were going, well, almost, I've got a short measure. Yeah. Because Where they were just judging haven't. it yeah. on the size of the glass, which comes back to my thing about, I don't necessarily want my glass full up with liquid. The same as a uh, Guinness have brought out those cans, which are what, 30 millilitres short of a, a pint. So when you put it into your pint glass at home, there's enough room for the, for the head, as you would get when you're out. Um, I've got no problem with that, but I tell you what: when I first started drinking, I did have a problem. It's crazy, isn't it? Because I've been programmed, and this is partly camera as well, that I was missing out on something. Yes, I was missing out on flavour and aroma, you fuckers. Yeah, because there's so much in that head. Why? Why do you
0: think the fucking Belgians make sure there's a huge head on your beer?
1: Exactly. The beers yeah, are designed just... that way. Yes. This is quite a nice segue into the next rantometer section of the show, Steve. Shall, shall we fire it up again? I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm done with my, my final beer adventures there. But I, I will just say that, actually, the day we had out in Wivenhoe yesterday was lovely. Re- really enjoyed it. And uh, say, so I was more than thrilled with that selection of beers that I managed to have. Let's hit the button and let's choose something to rant about. Really excited this time. Ooh. Okay, so this is an interesting one. So this is simply uh, headed up as stupid glassware. <laughs> now, I, I think this, this could encompass all manner of sins, but I think personally for me, it, it's me having my issues with these ridiculous fucking glasses that don't have a stem.
1: Yeah, you've got a real... Is this because of the glass or because these are the glasses typically that have an Iceman pour? <laughs> uh...
0: Maybe it's a little bit of both. Maybe it's, it's, it's because they don't have a stem. Uh, maybe it's also because they're associated with the ridiculousness that is the Iceman pour or the hazy, murky beers that I generally don't tend to go for. But also, I just, I just don't like them. As, as a beer glass... I don't like them. I think they're a perfectly fine wine glass if you want to go down the route of having a stemless wine glass. But personally, as a beer glass, I, 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 like, I like a stemmed glass or I like a pint glass. I don't like a stupid fucking stubby little thing that just looks stupid when you fill
1: it with beer. I'll be honest, I don't mind them. I don't mind them for wine either these days. Um, but is that the only glass you don't like? I mean, we know what my least favourite is, the half pint conicals. Oh, yeah, you, you, they're, they're,
0: they're pointless. They're, they're, they're actually ridiculous, those things. They
1: look ridiculous. They look like someone's giving you a third of a beer. Yeah,
0: yeah. They,
1: are, there any
0: other, are there any other glasses I don't like?
1: I, I get what we're trying to
0: do with beer festivals. because I, I, I saw the, the, the glass that you had at the Amity Fest, and I was like, yeah, it's
1: a lovely glass, but it's wholly impractical. That one, it was a lovely looking glass, but I, and, and sorry, Russ, I didn't want to take a chance. I did leave it. The stem felt too long for me to safely negotiate said travel. Um, so I did leave it. Um, yeah, conicals for me. Um, I think the Iceman pour in any glass makes the, to, makes the glass look dreadful anyway. And I, and I know this is a bit of a branded thing, but I'd rather places didn't have branded glassware if it didn't match up at all. And again, this is probably just that thing about going to Belgium, where somehow they managed to make the glassware match up with the beers pretty much all the time. Um, yeah, I, feel, I feel like you're taking a slight
0: detour on on, 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 on the topic here, but that, that, that's fine. You're allowed to. But yeah, that's, that's a real bugbear of mine. If you've got a branded glass, don't serve me the wrong beer in it. Yeah,
1: I've had Stella in a Guinness glass before. And- I was
0: just about to say that. I was, I was, I was gonna, don't give me Stella in a Guinness glass, and likewise, don't give me Guinness in a Stella glass. Yeah, oh, that would, I think that's actually worse. Especially seeing as the Stella glass is attenuated and the yes. Guinness would be flying everywhere out at the <laughs> top of it. But yeah, if, if you've got branded glassware, use the right glassware for the right beer. Let's do something else. Let's, let's have, a, have another rant about another subject here. And it looks like, oh, yes, this is a favourite of ooh, yours, ooh, isn't it, ho- mate? Ho- oh, no, no, it moved. Oh, oh, it moved at the last minute. Yeah. Oh, that's disappointing. I was, I was really hoping it was going to land on the one before it. There's still uh, time. What what we had come up there is is something that I actually did just mention of what it, what, what, while we were talking about my beer adventures, is the lack of variety on a beer board. And I think this is something that's come up. Uh, a fair bit recently for me, certainly I think back to my trip to York and also on the first day of the summer sesh. And that's if you've, got, uh, if you've got the ability to serve eight lines of beer, I don't need seven parallels that are all hazy and juicy and then a lager. What I need is a range of styles of beer, please. Give me, you can put four parallels on, but maybe give me an IPA, maybe give me a stout, maybe give me a porter, a Saison, throw a sour on there, just something for a bit of variety. Why put all of your eggs in a single basket and just offer the same thing
1: over and over and over again? Uh, couldn't agree more. Um, I'm not saying you've got eight taps, you have to have eight different styles. Because A, you know what who you're selling to, but you are then stopping maybe some people from wanting to drink there at all.
0: Yeah. Well, again, let me go back to that beer house place in Berry. There were, there were seven keg lines. There was a Palau. There was a, an, an IPA. There was a hazy IPA and it was, it was stated as, as, as such. There was a Saison. There was the coffee stout. There was a black IPA and then there
1: was your lager option. Seven different styles. You know, that reminds me of when we started on Saturday in summer session at Burning Soul. Yes. Yeah. There was something for everyone. Yeah, that's how it felt. And yeah, I know we're, we're talking about Glasshouse as the first place. Lovely venue. Had a really nice time. But there came a point where I just needed a non-pale style of beer. I just I, I couldn't believe I wasn't. I, I had,
0: literally had to wait until Saturday morning to get a stout it's not difficult you you know if you've got seriously i i know you've got to go with what your market wants but sometimes i'm not sure your market needs eight lines of hazy parallels i would have even had a bloody Guinness of that i would have but then 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 we had the option to mate didn't we when we went to the uh tap but what did we do
1: yeah we We drank drank, drank jaipur Jaipur. yeah but that's different that's 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 the law
0: We'll be back for one final round of the Rantometer shortly. Let's get some final thoughts on the IPA from Simple Things
1: Fermentations. Now, that does tell you it's a bit bigger than the first beer. I think just the depth of flavour, the mouthfeel, highly resinous qualities, they're all there. This is... And he, I'm pretty certain he hasn't described it as such, but it's a West Coast IPA, in my opinion. It, It is, but there's a little bit of juiciness to it.
0: So I'm not going to say it's like full-on mountain style. It's still very
1: firmly West Coast leaning, but there, 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 there is a slight juiciness to it. Okay, yeah, I'll give you that. I mean, there was definitely um, plenty of fruit, but still it was a DDH IPA. Hot haze, bags going on, still got all those fruit flavours in my mouth at the moment as well. Yeah,
0: well I think they are soon going to be cleared out when we get on to the final beer that we're going to be enjoying from Simple Things, which
1: which is a beer we've had before, isn't it? It is indeed, and I'm very much looking forward to this one again, Uh, but we have only had it from the bottle. Again, we are having it from the can. It is the Seasonals Foreign Extra Stout, um, which is very close to the terminology Guinness shoes for their foreign export now, I believe. Um, yeah, very much looking forward to this. I should get mine cracked open. So I think you're ahead of me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you know what I'm just going to say? Cause I, yeah, I have just poured that, but
0: maybe this is one that should have gone on the the, the the rantometer because it's, it's something that does happen quite a lot when we're recording, but hasn't happened tonight. These cans aren't overfilled and God, if I'm not fed up opening a can and it going everywhere
1: because there's too much liquid in it, and fucking exploding cans as well from commercial breweries. But yes, which I would say is partly due to also being overfull. Mate,
0: that one is on the rantometer, so you might have to, you, you might get to come back to that. Ooh, I, I should pay more attention to what was on the rantometer. You, you, you should, you should. So we've got the we've got the foreign exports out seven percent, is it? And and as we say, we have had this before from the bottle. But this is obviously a canned version. Once again, can conditioned, 440 mils. It looks as black as a treacle in the glass. You cannot even get a light through that. I just want to
1: dive in. Cheers. is. Yep. What I would have given for that turning up on that Friday. Now- I, was go- I was going to say exactly the same thing. <laughs> this is exactly what I needed on that Friday evening was, was something like this. Do you know what? Although it's obviously got, it's had, you know, I think they said it's uh, got molasses added, sweetness is really muted. The first thing I get is that sort of dry Irish stout feel to it. Um, nice bit of coffee on the nose, nicely well-rounded. It is 7%, and it would be a dangerous beer for you and I to be tucking into as part of a crawl, but flavor profile aroma profile it would have been such the perfect reset
0: that is that is so good it's the dryness the roasted bitterness that you you do pick up like I say there's a little bit of sweetness from the molasses but I think that also helps with that roasted flavor that you get in that dark that bit of dark chocolate notes on the end of it does add a little bit of sweetness to that. It's it's absolutely delightful. We're going to have to drink this one quite slowly because we've still got a fair chunk of of the show to go.
1: That's probably a good thing for us.
0: Yes, it probably is. Before we jump in to what will be the final round of the Rantometer, let's have a little catch up about Undisputed Era, which is our 10th anniversary stroke farewell beer that we did with Leon C. We did get to try that obviously last week and we did put out a little show we both absolutely loved it it's exactly kind of where we hoped it would be it's now available to buy from leon c brewery there'll be links in the show notes to, to where you can get it you can get the mixed case of 12 with six undisputed eras and then six other leon c beers or you can just buy multiples of undisputed era if you want to You can still use the code beer o'clock show for free shipping. So if you have already ordered some and you've tried it and you love it, get in and order some more before Martin and I hoover up whatever's left (laughs) at, at the brewery. We are also doing a farewell party, which we mentioned briefly on the short show that we did last week. This is going to be taking place. Where else would it be taking place other than at our spiritual home, the Victorian in Colchester, on Thursday, the 28th of July? I know that's a tough ask for to get a lot of our listeners to Colchester on a Thursday night. Martin and I are going to be there. We're going to be drinking Undisputed Era. It's going to be available on both cask and keg that evening. So one of the – I think the only place that has both dispense methods on at the same time – If you are free and you are so inclined and you want to come down and say farewell to the podcast, we will be there doing our best to drink as many pints out of those
1: (laughs) casks and kegs as possible, won't we? It will be a very much similar modus operandi to what we had when Red Danson was available, just a percentage and a half less. So we may last longer. We might may last a little bit longer, yeah. And and the final
0: piece of news on Undisputed Era as well is that it has been ordered for the Great British Beer Festival. So Camera have actually placed an order for a cask of Undisputed Era to go to the Great British Beer Festival. We're not sure whether it's actually going to make it on or when it's going to be on or where it's going to be, but the fact that the beer that we were involved in brewing is going to be on at the Great British Beer Festival, regardless of what you think of camera and or that festival. I'm thrilled with that.
1: Yeah, I was quite surprised when Matt told us, to be honest. Um, it's, you know, got to be stronger generally than a lot of the other cask offerings that will be there as well. Um, I know that the last time I did go to the beer festival at Olympia, 17 or 18, um, there was definitely a lot more beer pulled through the hand pumps. Um, if not broader than these days rather than a more typical camera beer festival so hopefully anyone who does go there who does get to try it will get to try it in the best way possible and um, if not we won't be toasting your check in on untapped that's what I'm going to say I'd
0: also love to hear from anybody if you are going to the Great British Beer Festival and you see it on let us know what
1: it's tasting like yeah post the pictures let us know even yeah. if you don't use untap, just just uh, share your experience with us. We would be yeah. curious. Yeah, we'd we'd would love to know.
0: For the last time, then let's do two more spins of this rentometer and 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 see what it what it brings up for us.
1: <laughs> you, you couldn't you, you couldn't write this shit, could you? No, oh. it's, like, it's like in football when they play, the teams play each other in the league twice and they get a cup draw. We have got camera. <laughs> Where do you want to start with this one? Oh, for goodness I mean, let, right, let, let's start with a bit of context. As I've said before, I have been a member of camera since 2001. I have been to many of the, nat- the national festivals, some re- big regional ones and some local ones. I think there are some really good people that I've met through camera. I've had some really good experiences. However, fuck me, gravity dispense poor really doesn't work in most of the places. They don't know how to look after them, overvented. Also, they have definitely had a troubled past and checkered past with their version of diversity and inclusion. And then recently, they decided to tackle the big issue of the day for hospitality and drinkers by insisting that we go back to having um, a crown on the glass so everyone knows they've got their full 568 millilitres of liquid. Now, whether you think that's important or not, is that what camera should really be fighting for? Right here, right now, in 2022, after two years of the pandemic, and when hospitality is facing a staffing crisis and rising costs and people watching their pennies, no, fuck, should they? I will just also add that obviously you forgot the one where they celebrated the pandemic
0: by putting the COVID virus on a glass.
1: I had willfully blocked that out, Steve. <laughs> oh,
0: I haven't. That really got me. Uh, that was the worst move that they've ever decided to make in terms oh, of trying to be relevant.
1: Yeah, so well, Ill, definitely ill-judged. Uh, was not that to be part of their uh, get- do your beer festival at home thing. The, the virtual Great British Beer Festival. Yeah, yeah, but just coming back to the important
0: point you made there. Yes, absolutely. I believe camera, as we are in 2022, should be focusing on what they can do to save and support pubs to continue being what they are. Not worrying about so much beer festivals or making sure you've got the right glass so you get your full feel, support the pubs. Because if we don't have, we don't have the pubs, you've got nowhere to serve the beers. Well, got nowhere to serve the beers. The breweries the are going ale. to start closing. Yeah. Real, real ale. If And if you can't, if you've got nowhere to serve them, breweries are going to start closing. It's as simple as that. We've already seen so many breweries close this year. And you know, yes, there are rising costs and the pandemic and a whole host of things. but cameras priorities right now are in the wrong place and they they simply need to sort their shit out.
1: yeah, and I had thought we had put some of this behind us personally. For me, I'm not saying Pete, some people may not want them to do that, but it should if it's a distraction, to anything else then they're fucking it up because real ale at its best is enjoyed served correctly looked after correctly and those are all through pubs support camera support the pubs so
0: that's that's all you need to focus on Idiots. it's as simple as that let's give this wheel one final spin and and see what we get to have our final rant about And it's another one for me more than it is you (laughs) really. And this is uh, the whole standing at the bar and and, and drinking at the bar thing. I uh, have gone on record many times to say that I was a great fan of the whole table service thing when it, when it was uh, around because I'm not a fan of fighting at the bar to get a beer and I'm not a fan of bar flies and I like people to get your drink and then move the fuck away from a bar, go and sit down and then come back when you need the next one. Don't stand in my way while I'm trying to get served, blocking all of the pump clips so I can't see what it is I want to fucking order. It's as simple as that. Um, Get your beer, get the fuck
1: away from the bar. Has that always been your view on standing at the bar? Or was it something that was mildly irritating that then extenuated through the pandemic and post-pandemic?
0: I, th- I think it was mildly irritated. I mean, I've, I've done it myself, you know. You, you go to the, the Owl House for the, the, the bottle share. You get there early. There's not a lot of people in there. You generally tend to stand at the bar and wait for other people to turn up. That's, that's where you meet them. You, you, you're at the bar. But I, I like to think that I'm self-conscious enough to move away from a serving area or somewhere where I'd be blocking somebody else's view. Some people just don't. They have what they deem to be their place at the bar. And fuck me, are they going to stand there regardless of anything? You could be literally having to clamber over over them and spill half of your pint on their head as you take it away from the bar for them to even consider moving. It's It's just
1: pure basic manners. Get the fuck out of the way while I'm trying to order a beer. I think definitely depends for me more about where they're standing and the size of the bar, perhaps as well. If it's quite a small bar, and where you're standing literally means you've made life really awkward to either a see what's on, and or b even get someone's attention to be served, let alone even trying to get the drink in your hand, then yeah, you've been a bit selfish, to be honest. Where if it's a long enough bar, I know I don't know maybe. In my head, the bar at the Sheffield Tap, at the train station, is quite a long bar. You can probably find spots where you're not in the way because there isn't necessarily taps all the way down. Or at the Vic, you can be a bit out of the way. So even the Owl House, they've almost designed that bar with the keg taps they've got now to not lean there. They've almost given you a leaning space um, like two metres behind, further away. Um, So I think there is definitely... And and again... You can have your spot, but like you say, you can sort of move to the side, move a little bit, let the person have that bit of room and then reclaim your space. I think it's when, like you say, when people are obstinate enough to go, well, no, it's my space. Yeah, just have a bit of self-awareness. That, that yeah. that's all it is. That, but you that's... could say that, you could say that a lot, and you know, given given what's happened over the last two years, one had hoped there was a little bit more of it, but I'm not sure that exists. No, sometimes I feel like people have got more selfish. Yeah, because we can go back to normal now. Wherever yeah. n- the fuck normal was, even if it came all walks and all, let's exactly. just go back to it.
0: Exactly. Now, there were a number of things on the rantometer that we didn't get to. Uh, we have mentioned a couple of them. Exploding cans, adjuncts, the the, the the overuse of lactose in everything. One of your pet hates, which is actually displaying your your bar opening times, either on the pub's website or on social media. And, and we did have another one on there, which was uh, the Scottish brewery that shall not be named. Um, they were on there as well. And it would have been quite interesting if that had come up, because I think there would have been quite the rant in there. But we did also ask some of the uh, some of our listeners and what well, we actually asked Twitter in, in, in general, what get their goat about beer and just we've got just a couple that we want to 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 read out which are what we feel are the most pertinent responses that we got from that so first of all from the owl lady at the owl lady and this was also echoed by the manchi at the Pyman seven which was basically snobbery let people drink what they want however they want to you do you and let
1: others be Hard to argue against anything there, but Danny says I mean, that's be a beautiful
0: honest. mantra, actually, yes. isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure there are times when um, I could have done better in that respect, or the thought has crossed my mind. Um, I, I try to be better than that. And if I see someone else almost doing it who's part of my group at the time, so it doesn't matter what they're drinking. What so what? Well, so what they're drinking. We, we could probably to some extent be accused of that tonight
0: with our rantometer. I'm sure some of the things on there other people enjoy doing. So actually, yeah. who, who are we to judge, re- really?
1: No, true. I think I would like to say we were doing it more from our own perspective and likes and dislikes. But um, uh, the old lady's mantra could apply to quite a lot of things, not just drink, to be honest. It's quite a lot of life. Yes. Yes. Um, then there was the one which, um, from Chris Clough at Nine Squirrels Brew. Here's one. Why are so many breweries obsessed with brewing the same beer styles as one another? A market flooded with lagers is every bit as boring as a market flooded with niepers. Um Interesting one, because I have to admit, I'm not feeling the market is flooded with lagers, for example, in terms of if we take macro out of the, out of the equation. I do feel at the time that we have definitely, maybe not as much now, but we definitely went through a period where, a neepa was a neepa was a nipa, and i found it very hard to distinguish between them um, especially if they were just brewed by the same brewery they could say something different on each one and he was like yeah i'm not going to get this in a blind taste whereas i've actually been i've been welcoming over the last few years some more of the modern uh breweries brewing a few of the lagers but i do take the point but equally Equally, there's a, there's a finite number of styles, isn't there? There is, but it's also a tough one because it's if, every brewery
0: is their own individual business and they all want a piece of the market. And if what the market wants is Nipahs or Lagers or Black IPAs or Saisons, then, then, then everyone's going to brew that thing, aren't they? Because they want their piece of the market and and i th- I think there are some breweries that that stand out as i suppose kind of bucking that trend a little bit, and they're like no we've we're gonna specialize in this or, or or that so you know obviously there are a number of breweries that we know that have chosen to specialize in lager, Utopia and yep. Braybrook lost and grounded to a certain extent just being a, a, a number of those and and then you've got your likes of Torside who like to specialize in smoked beers
1: because there's a there's a market for that. Um, Yeah, it's their it's their point of differentiation and I get that as well. Um so yeah, I suppose I've welcomed it because I think there's still less of them. Um, but yes, you you still have to go for what a large extent, what is the market expecting, what would the market pay for? You you know, if you're a brewery tap starting up, I think it'd be very hard not to have one of those two offerings that are mentioned in that sentence. I think where they can be better. Is being good and being different. Yeah. So going back to uh, say the German ale we had earlier, that feels quite different to some of the other cold style beers I've had over here, because a lot of the coal style beers over here have been really trying to get as close as possible to the colsh, the actual colsh, rather than using the colsh as uh, an inspiration. So. There are things, and I think we found that Utopia were utopian with lagers. Steve, they've got a lager; they're a lager based, but they're not just making 4.2% cold fizzy. That's not what their mantra is. They have a couple of those. I still think they're, I think still think they're really well done, really refreshing. But they are muck, they're playing about with the style, aren't they? It's wide ranging. Yeah. So sticking yeah. to the one thing. Yeah. I do get it. I know what you're saying. I think if you are going to churn out those ones, you have to do. Different.
0: The next one from Mike Maguire at Maguire Mike, and also again a very similar comment from Kat Sewell at Katrina's. Uh, the total lack of empathy towards the hospitality industry as a whole. Pay them a decent wage, respect their effort and skill, and be polite. I mean, that's not hard, is it? Just be nice to the people that are the other side of the bar. It, it's as simple as that, you know. They're they're serving you your beer. They don't deserve
1: any bullshit that you want to throw their way. Yeah, and it's a shame. I mean, I have to admit, I'll, maybe it's just the places I choose to go to. I don't, even in London, I don't see it very often. But what I do see, it does put me right off the person who's saying something. I will automatic, almost automatically side with the person serving rather than the person being served. Yeah, there's, there's just it, no need for it. And just... also, there's also a way to go back to someone. Yeah. just just, if you do want to challenge your server still be polite just be nice be nice As, as the great bill and ted once said be excellent to one another well there's there's a there's a phrase that could be used much more often and finally from johnny beer boy people taking beer too seriously i also simultaneously hate people not taking it seriously enough after all you didn't say it had to be making sense i love that it's a a great one to finish on isn't it i mean (laughs) we
0: you you could argue that we take beer too seriously i like to think that we're quite grounded in in our views and we always have been in in terms of what we've done on the podcast but equally i think it goes back to what we're saying earlier on that sometimes i think you have to appreciate that people that don't live within our bubble have a different view of beer
1: exactly and i think. That might start to come out in the um, in the next section of the show, Steve. I think it will because for the final
0: time, and some people are going to be really pleased about never having to hear this theme again. Opinions, 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 opinions. The best thing about beer is now we wanted to finish this on a high. We wanted to go out on something really positive. Ideally, it would have been nice to have had a poll that had the most votes ever, but it didn't quite get there. Uh, But more on that in the final show, because I've got statistics for that, which I'm really looking forward to sharing. Of course you are. (laughs) Again, the question was the best thing about beer is we gave four options. What's in the glass, where you are, who you're with or shared experiences. And the one that came out on top was what's in the glass at 32 percent, which I found quite strange because i thought we were going in a different direction at one point so the others where you are came in at 9.8 percent who you're with came in at 30.9 percent and shared experiences 27.3 percent so actually quite close between the top three but i actually thought we would have gone more in the direction of who you're with or those
1: shared experiences well let's save our thinking about where it went to after we've read out the comments steve so, from John Rogers at JMR Rogers 2000, we all know it's the magical combination of all four. From Andrew at A. Finley 406, a bit of all of them at times I voted for, who you're with, but a nice riverside or canal side beer garden this summer. I always try to go to places with good beer, but they're always top of the list. From Simon Clark, it's a
0: blend of them all, and the percentage of each option is different for all of us. For me, an amazing beer in a drafty warehouse on an industrial state on my own is never going to be better than an average beer of my best mates. From James at James Moosh, good company is the most important thing and elevates average beer. On the other hand, you can also enjoy beer on your own.
1: It's all about the combination of what, where, when and who with. From Justin Mason, that bloke on Twitter. I went for shared experiences, particularly reflecting on Essex Share. However, that also encompasses all of the others. Also, I'm reflecting on the friends I've made because of it and continue to make because a beer friend is basically a forever friend. From Austin at Beer Tweeting. If you're with and where you are equals a shared experience, that's it for me. Be it a full-blown beer adventure or an unexpectedly sunny afternoon where plans are scrapped in favour of a couple of nondescript pints at the local. I'm Sean O'Reilly at Uncrulier.
0: For me, it's a shared experience. Often that's who you're with, but during, during lockdown, the people I shared my drinking with were often on the other side of a Zoom link. One of the best shared experiences has always been being part of the Beer O'Clock Show community. From Matt Callaby Bad beer, yet good company equals good times.
1: Ask theology Who are you with? All the options apply because they all bleed into each other. To paraphrase the late, great Terry Pratchett, the thing about beer, the important thing about beer, is that it's not just about beer. From James at Perilous Banana, having a great beer alone isn't as good, but having a bad beer with friends is better. Better company as if not more important than the beer for me. From Dr Goggles, what's in the glass?
0: I can enjoy the other three without beer. Have a good time with friends or in a great location. Beer I can enjoy with friends or alone. And from Simon Webster, at Bee's Boy. Beer is the only one of those options which appears in your glass. You can't
1: taste the others either. From Miles Lambert. It's a funny phenomenon. I was drawn to drink by the social scene around me. Then I gained a fascination with trying the new. Then I met others doing the same. And it's that element which is akin to the lingering bitterness of the beers I love. But the element that drives my passion most is this discussion the opinions of others, the bittering lingerness of their feedback on different beers. It's not a tangible thing. It's a big box of nothing, but shared debate and camaraderie of others that makes life worth living. Mark Johnson, the pub. I may have accidentally pressed who you're with though, instead of where you are. Please amend results for the recording accordingly. (laughs) (laughs) Not that easy, Mark. Come on. You know how a Twitter (laughs) poll works. From Guy Miller at Brew
0: Guy, all about the beer. And thanks for 10 years of enjoyment. Not going to be the same without the best Beery podcast on the planet. And then finally from the owl Lady, oh my gosh, Sundays will never be the same. I voted for shared experiences as that encompasses all of the other three in one happy bundle. Plus, I've got you to thank for for, for one of the best shared Beery experiences I've ever had. Hashtag that pint. You know what pint she's talking about. We know what
1: fucking pint Danny's talking about. I've
0: not, I've not seen the paperwork mate, but I'm guessing that's cited in the divorce papers. (laughs) That pint. That's pint. (laughs) With, with a picture of it being
1: (laughs) exhibit A. B, C. (laughs) Just just for the amount of times it's also been mentioned (laughs) as well. Um, Well, first of all, as ever, thank you for the comments for the last opinions poll. Um, Steve, where would you have voted? I, I think it's a tough one. I mean, I, I think the first
0: two comments summed it up perfectly, that we all know it's a combination of all four of those things. I think if I look back on my beer journey, if I look back on the last six years of doing opinions with you, if I look back on the last 10 years of doing the podcast, I think things that will, will stay with me for the longest will be those shared experiences with, with, with others, whether that be being at a beer festival, being at a bottle share, being in a pub, going somewhere with, with you, going on my own beery adventures, ending up in random locations until the very early hours of the morning, ending up in those windy warehouses on industrial estates, drinking beer that you never thought you'd drink, Um, discovering that a porter break was a thing those those sorts of things all came as as a result of shared experiences I've I've been doing this for 10 years as as a result of shared experiences I don't think I would have continued doing it if those experiences had never happened and I think I think Miles is, is always has a way with words and obviously he 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 brought up a lot of history in that comment that he made over over the shows, didn't he, he? Did
1: just he just tried to tick all the boxes, if you ask me.
0: Yeah, but but every word that he said in there is, is 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 true. You know, it's um, it's it's all about at the end of the day what has brought people together for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I vote I, I, as I can. I voted for shared experiences. Um, most of the comments, it's really hard to, you know have a have a negative experience with those comments apart from that one or two people and they weren't the only ones who said bad beer i mean no if i'm paying for beer i don't want to have bad beer still regardless whether i'm on my own with other people average beer which i think can be quite subjective but if you actually think it's a bad beer then i wouldn't be paying for a second one i would be defaulting to saying else
0: was, was that bad beer as in terms of this is this is bad because it's not right or was that bad beer as in terms of it's a macro beer and therefore it's bad Don't know. Uh, I I put that as a bad B you weren't enjoying, but you
1: carried on anyway.
0: Because how many times have we both said about nights that we've had on Macro Lager or Guinness or or, or whatever that have been some of the best nights of our life, and it's not been about what we've
1: been drinking. True. It's been about the experience. I still had to enjoy the drink or maybe not be put off by it, if I'm being honest um or i would default to a non-beery alternative so but no i mean you know taking that aside shared experience fairly much encompasses all of the above for me it's definitely what this has been about it's definitely what uh been doing stuff outside of the podcast has been about you know even the beery adventures we spoke about i mean um i'm sitting there on my own but there's people i know there's people sitting down who I started talking to um, who had just, who warned me not to have the Imperial stout. So obviously I took no notice of them as, as noted. Um, also, you know, someone who listens to the show, who's not on social media came up to say hi. Um, he was there with his son. He was starting to have a, giving his son a bit of a beer journey as well. So, you know, shout, shout out to John. Hi, hope you enjoyed the rest of your day over at, over at Amity Fest and um, hopefully I bump into you again. And even that, it's just lovely, you know, uh, just for a brief moment that shared experience again. So, yeah, I think it was a really nice poll to sort of finish off the opinions polls. The comments were all nice and positive, and it was lovely to see that people were generally, even when they were saying, you know, what's in the glass. Although most of our comments didn't seem to back up the voting. Again, one of those weird um, things that's happened. Then yeah, I'm quite happy. If people want to have the positive experience. It's still about the quality of the beer in the glass. I don't have a problem with that either. Um the where you are bit obviously was that was the one I thought would be a bit higher. Less than 10% was where people were concerned about. So it's more, it was definitely the shared experience of who you're with, what's in the glass, where the venue was seemed to matter a lot less.
0: Yeah, but I think I think ultimately let's um let's go back to the previous section that we were talking about and the the, the mantra from, from from Danny, you do you and let others be, you you know, what, what you enjoy is going to be different from what somebody else enjoys, isn't it? And yes, I would echo what you say in terms of some great comments to see out the opinions polls with there's, there's been a lot of polls and there's some more numbers coming in the next show for you all to look forward to on, on, on that. But we have literally just featured a snapshot of the of of the comments tonight. i would have loved to have gone through every single comment some were were very similar but there were a lot of comments and if you do want to have a look through all of them there'll be a link in the show notes to the question you can have a look through and you can have a look to see what everyone said this is where i'd normally say um please keep the comments coming and use the hashtag opinions but we won't be featuring any any more of those comments because the final show is going to be uh, a very different format to what we do normally Uh, we've got a lot of listener interaction planned we've got a lot of stats planned we've got a lot of beer planned and so this is kind of the last time this is this is it now you can't don't use the hashtag opinions because we won't be looking for it and, and anymore because it's it is kind of over. You know,
1: as we said at the start, we are truly in the end game now, Steve. Both podcast and beer-wise. Oh, that's I, what I was about like, I to say. say. <laughs> oh, the, the bitterness on this beer at the end of it as well is just more, so Moorish, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's it's nice, though, because it's it slowed me down with the drinking of it. Yeah. Because... You can only take so much in one go and but then also at the same time, you do just want to let it linger in your mouth so so that you're getting all the flavors and all the tastes coming through on 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 it and this has this has been great. All of the beers tonight from Simple Things Fermentations have, have been great, and we are really, really grateful to Phil for not just sending us these beers that he didn't know were going to appear on this show, <laughs> but for sending us all the beers that, that we've got to, to try from him over the last couple of years. It has truly been our pleasure to, to try these beers, and if you are looking for a new smaller brewery to support then give simple things a shout we'll put a link in the show notes to where you can buy their beers the three we've tried tonight are stunning i i I would they would be the first the first three in my basket if if i was doing an order what
1: is coming up on the next show you pretty much alluded to steve we've got stats we've got spreadsheets we've got a shed load of beer but above all else listeners the listeners are joining us on zoom generally paired up we are going to have a fantastic time talking to you the listeners um 10 minute slots steve's got this all mapped out and planned please do not cock up any of his planning please i can't cope with that on the night on the last show um really can't wait for that one steve it's going to be carnage as as well but we're really
0: looking forward to that carnage i will also say at this point as well that that next show will be out on tuesday the 26th of july so it won't be in the normal two weeks after this show slot it's going to be on tuesday the 26th of july and the reason for that is because that's 10 years to the date from the first beer o'clock show so it seemed only right to put the show out on, on on that day so look out for it then thank you once more to our listeners for joining us This is where I'd normally say we'll look forward to sharing some more opinions with you soon. But right now I've got Martin sat at the end of the screen doing his Doctor Strange one finger moment. (laughs) I think
1: there's one more thing that Martin wants to say this week. There is. There is. And um, this is uh, primarily from me to you, Steve, um, but also to listeners and those listeners who I'm hoping know who are also considered as friends. A philosophy professor stood before his class and had some items in front of him. When class began, wordlessly, he picked up a large, empty mayonnaise jar and proceeded to fill it with rocks right to the top. He then asked the students if the jar was full. They agreed it was. So the professor then picked up a box of pebbles and poured them into the jar. He shook the jar lightly. The pebbles, of course, rolled into the open areas between the rocks. The students laughed. He asked his students again if the jar was full. They agreed that yes, it was. The professor then picked up a box of sand and poured it into the jar. Of course, the sand filled up everything else. He then asked once more, is the jar full? The students responded with a unanimous yes. The professor then proceeded to find two cans of beer from under the table and poured the entire contents into the jar, effectively filling the empty space between the sand. Now, said the professor, I want you to recognise that this is your life. The rocks are the important things, your family, your health, your children, your pets. Anything that is so important to you that if it were lost, you'd be nearly destroyed. The pebbles are the other things in life that matter, but on a smaller scale. Pebbles represent material things like your job, your house, your car. The sand is everything else, the small stuff. But if you put the sand in or the pebbles first, there is no room for the rocks. The same goes for your life. You spend all of your energy and time on the small stuff, material things, you will never have room for the things that are truly most important. Take care of the rocks first, the things that really matter. Set your priorities, the rest is just pebbles and sand. At that point, one of the students raised her hand and inquired, what does the beer represent? The professor smiled, I'm glad you asked. It just goes to show you that no matter how full your life may seem, there's always room for a couple of beers. Steve, there's always room for a couple of beers in our life. Cheers. Cheers.